Welcome to Awakening Today, our twice-a-week resource that exists to supplement our Bible reading plan, which is available on our website, awakeningchurch.com. My name is Chris, and today we are looking at John 5 and 6, in addition to 1 Corinthians 1 through 4. We've read that in our Bible reading plan, and here we just want to talk about it, comment on a little on it a little bit, and encourage you in your faith. And so thanks for joining us. So glad you're here. One thing you'll notice about wisdom is that it is unexpected. Have you ever heard something wise from someone and it wasn't that they said it that surprised you, but what they said surprised you? Like you knew they were a wise person. That's why you solicited their advice or asked them a question about something, but their answer surprised you. Well, that's precisely what wisdom is. You see, we seek wisdom because we lack understanding. We're not sure what to do. We're not entirely certain how to think through a particular issue. And so we seek wisdom. And we kind of think maybe someone would say something a certain way, but then once we ask them about it, suddenly everything is maybe reversed This happened to me a lot. I can remember when I was first becoming a Christian, I would kind of think I knew the answer to what the Bible said about something. And I would go to my youth pastor, Joel, and he would say something that just surprised me about what the Bible taught. It's because wisdom, it, it shocks us sometimes. It's kind of the opposite of what we think. And on last episode, we looked at 1 Corinthians chapters 1 and 2 in particular, where Paul says, God made the wisdom of this world look foolish. And he did that by even his own quote-unquote foolish act by going to the cross. In other words, we said, Jesus did not give us what we expected, but he did give us what we needed. It's that at the exact same time that Jesus didn't meet our expectations, he met our needs. And that's surprising. And while that happens, you know, Jesus, when, while that happens on the cross, when, when Jesus was early on in his ministry, many came to him thinking they needed one thing, and then they received another. Uh, I think about um, the paralyzed man, famous story in Mark chapter 2. Man comes in, he's paralyzed, and his friends lower him into the room that Jesus was in for healing. And Jesus says, son, your sins are forgiven. You know, he came for this physical healing, but he got this spiritual healing. And if you know the story, he ends with the physical healing as well. But the first thing Jesus did was surprise him. And this is what a lot of people who met Jesus ran into. They wanted a kind of savior. They wanted a kind of wisdom. But what they got was an actual savior and actual wisdom, not just the kind they were looking for. And this is where your reading in John 5 comes in. In John 5, um, there's many people that are disputing about who Jesus is. Some want to kill him, some want to make him a king. In John 5:18, you read this verse, 
This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus making himself equal with God was this startling and shocking and surprising claim, basically saying he has the corner on wisdom. Later, in John 5, Jesus says this shocking thing. After, after already John has said he equates himself with God, in John 5, 39, Jesus says this to his critics. He says, you search the scriptures. He's talking to religious people. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Just stop right there. Jesus just said that all of the scriptures of the Old Testament bear witness about him. Certainly a shocking and surprising claim. They bear witness about me, verse 40. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Skip to 46. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote of me. But if you are not but if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? When Jesus says Moses, what he means is the, it's a kind of catch-all for the Old Testament. And even if that's debated, it's certainly a catch-all for the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, which are ascribed to the author Moses. And Jesus is making this shocking claim that the Old Testament is about him and that if we do not trust the Old Testament, we will never trust Jesus. And on the opposite way, to put it the opposite way, if we trust Jesus, we will trust the Old Testament. So a lot of times people say, Chris, why should I read the Old Testament? I'm just interested in Jesus. Or they'll say, Chris, I don't like the Old Testament. Well, if you want to follow Jesus, you will take his scriptures with you. You know, people will ask me, like, why do you, why I trust the Old Testament? And I have a long answer for that, a really long answer for that. But my short answer is this. I trust the Old Testament because Jesus trusted the Old Testament. And Jesus equates his words with the writings of Moses in verse 47, chapter 5 of John. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? You see, they, this, the crowds wanted a prophet of God. They wanted a teacher of God, but instead they got God himself. And God himself shows up in the surprising ways that he always had. Again, Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right to a man, but it leads to death. You see, the crowds wanted someone to interpret the word, but Jesus came as the living word, the word made flesh. They wanted someone to explain the scriptures, Jesus came as the fulfillment of the scriptures. When we say that Jesus came as, quote, the wisdom of God, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we say he came as the upside down but also right side up surprising wisdom of God incarnate. Everything Jesus said was wise. He came not just explaining and teaching wisdom, he came as the embodiment of it. And this is why the crowds divide, is because the crowds want someone who says wise things. But Jesus presents himself as the one who you can have a relationship with and gain wisdom. 
you don't just know wisdom now, you can have a relationship with wisdom, capital W. And that's where the crowds divide. They wanted a king, they wanted a prophet, they wanted a priest. They did not want God. And so they want to kill him. And you get this scene at the end of John chapter 6 that you read in your Bible reading plan that I just love. John chapter 6, verse 60. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. (laughs) Yeah, you can say that again, right? Jesus is teaching his, his wisdom, who he is, discipleship. This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? 61. But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take offense at this? Skip to verse 33, or uh, 63, excuse me. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. Skip to verse 66. After this, many disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to his 12 disciples, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. We come to Jesus as the Holy One of God, the power and the wisdom of God, Once we see what Peter sees, there's nowhere else that offers true words of eternal life. You know, you can find all kinds of good thoughts out there, great opinions, things to retweet, but are you finding words of eternal life? Has, you know, the word of God become plain to you that it really is the only option of eternal life? Jesus has the words of eternal life because he is eternal life. And we must come to Jesus in order to receive life eternal. We know this because Jesus did not speak wise things and then die. He was wisdom who died and was raised to life. Jesus is not dead. Jesus is alive and here for you to call on him today. Whether you've followed him your whole life or never, you can actually call on Jesus and you can receive wisdom because you will receive him who is wisdom. So do you lack wisdom? Do you lack understanding? Are you in search for help in how to think through life, how to think through your future, how to think through your present circumstances? Go to Jesus because in Jesus is all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All in Jesus is the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It just not, might not be what you expect. And you might find when you come to Jesus, not necessarily great relief so much as a great surprise, that Jesus is not giving you what you expect, but he's giving you what you need. And isn't that what wisdom is, friends? All the wise people in your life that you've met have embodied this. They have shocked you. They have surprised you. But upon further reflection, you have realized they were right. 
Jesus is the ultimate version of this. He shocks us. He surprises us. But as we sit, as Peter sat, and looking at the landscape of ideas, philosophies, world religions, we look back at Jesus and we say with Peter the same thing. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And so, may you walk with the Holy One of God, the power and wisdom of God in Christ Jesus, who lives with you in the power of the Holy Spirit. And may his grace and his peace be with you through these difficult days. We love you guys.